0: so some ongoing reference points that uh, may become more directly experienced in yourself that you can recognize after a period of some training it's always useful um, when you don't have enough uh, time extend your space when you don't have enough space, take your time (laughs) We you don't have time or space, breathe out <laughs> hold your breath out for a good 10-12 mm. seconds and let it come in mm. This is something you could probably do in a minute or two perhaps five yeah. but you probably, in other words, instead of having a cup of tea you could do something that radically change your life <laughs> or you could have a cup of tea <laughs> you don't have enough time <laughs> extend your space <laughs> you don't have enough space take your time if you don't have either of them take a breath Don't breathe in, count to ten, let the breath come in slowly. So in these ways you're referring to your energetic system, Mm -hmm. energetic system, which, as I've tried to suggest, is uh, experienced in the body but also experienced in the mind but often hidden because we don't really notice the energy of our mind so much as what the mind is saying or the mood that's coming up or the topic that's so interesting or desperate so we we don't notice the energy there because this is so uh, common and they Say, they will track it in your body and uh, that takes some training you know, so ok just deliberately feel your body lengthen your spine, extend your spine how do you know you have a body? Are you sure? and very simply don't concern yourself too much with the visual appearance of your body often you carry this half notion you know I look like this or I'm like this directly you've got the vertical lengthen the vertical, feel your way up the vertical through the spine, lengthen it your neck and then widening across your shoulders Across your hips. This is very crude, really, but it's, it's kind of grabbable. You can do it. Don't have to be that refined to do it. But what it will do is start to uh, encourage your body's energies, which are, you know, built into this tissue system, to also expand open out, they get congested, partly by things like posture, um, sleeping generally closes it all down, rushing around closes it down, high impact living tends to close it down. these may seem to you to be fixed references you know, you, you have to go at that speed you have to be in that situation well, it looks like it from the outside that's what uh, the consciousness does you see, it places you in a visual field uh, visible, visible objects you, know, places you, a, you are the centre of a visual field and actually the visual field is in front of you when you refer to the auditory field, the world is around you. Yeah. When you refer to the uh, gustatory, it's coming inside you. Olfactory is getting up your nose. So the world can rise in various forms. Mm. When it comes into your body, it's grabbed you. That's the important thing to remember. Um, when, it's, when it's tactile, it's grabbed you. Mm. Uh, when it's in your mind, it's all over you. You're completely wound up with it. That's what the senses do. And so, uh, you know, one is very much encouraged, do no more than that, to really not give, to be, get, be really restrained, guarded, not defensive, but just cautious about how much you go out into the sense state and how much you value you place upon these fields, these visual fields. Because, you know, they can be quite nice at times, but there's no liberation in them. Because in that situation you're always an item, a sense item in a sensory world that's coming at you. You're always on the impact side of things. Pleasant, unpleasant, dealing with stuff, you are engaged in a sensory Vortex, and what we all recognize is that just goes round and round of them, and then you die. (laughs) As far as the sense of fields go, that's it for now, anyway. What was all that about? (laughs) Was it worth it? So, of course, the great uh, sages got this pretty quick and thought, hmm. Yeah. You know, is there anything else? We started to develop what is often referred to as mind, but I'm suggesting this word mind is is an English translation, and, uh, and uh, it carries the, the, the nuances and tones that we associate with mind in English. In fact, in the West, which is the cognitive figuring capacity, it's actually... Pretty much bound up with the sense data, mediating them, organising them, fixing them together, remembering them. What that means, what that means. So it's very much contributing, you're actually building up the sense fields into something that has permanence, which it doesn't by itself. It's always actually it's always flickering and changing, but the mind base keeps it together. As even though even though you know that isn't exactly the same as it was. I saw it two minutes ago. It's the same person. Yeah, even though you know whatever, and so things are actually constantly shimmering, shifting, but the mind says, "Oh, that's no, the same thing." So it builds up a sense of continuity, and also, in that sense, also builds up a sense of history. There was, there is, there will be, and we do just consider, you know, the future particularly is a is a fantasy. I mean, it's not like you know Cinderella. Uh, but it's it's certainly it's a, it's a concoction, and when you get that, you realise you don't know the future. Uh, you, you can only guess and make informed guesses and strategic moves. But the actuality, the texture, of the f- when you get there, will not be what... You know, you may say, I'll get that train at nine o'clock and that could happen. Yeah, but you wouldn't know exactly what you'd smell, what you'd touch, what you'd see, what you'd hear, what your body would be feeling. We actually get a real life experience you can't get that as the future you can't and so of course what can occur for people is they're so driven for one reason or another to get into that virtual reality of nine o'clock and the train and they forget real life because <laughs> real life doesn't fit into it so dump it <laughs> so we're living in a virtual world, that mental construction, right? I'm one of these, I've got to be here at 10 o'clock, I do this and I do that, and then by the end of the day I'll be this and that and the other. And I, where, but where are you now? You're in this constructed mental world, there's no, it's just purely constructed. And mine can keep doing it. But quite well in its own way. But then, of course, things break down in that constructed world. Uh, things turn up late. This doesn't happen. That happens. The weather changes. You slip over, you fall in the street, or somebody knocks your car, or something or the other. Uh, and then, so we, we're bonding to that and to the virtual reality it generates is unsatisfactory in the least. And it creates an incredible compression of energy in the mind because the mind is now intensely activated to keep this whole thing going to so be a sense of built up pressure you know, to make it all work and it, wow you've just created a prison oh, you didn't know you were doing it but you put yourself in jail in that sense and you can feel the pressure of it and sometimes in that we do feel a sense of Oh man, get me out of here, how can I get some space? Something, you know. Well you get some space <laughs> exactly <laughs> by going into the real world, a direct reality, and opening the space. That's what I'm encouraging you to do. Uh, now direct reality, yeah, you know, it seemed like it's a sense basis, but it isn't it's even more direct than that. Hmm. So if you notice when you touch something, first experience is just sense of impact. And then you might oh my finger touching that. It comes after. The first is just a sense of disturbance, impact. When you hear something, first is just turning. What turns, what impacts is an energy shifts. It was open and it shivered. Open and it shivered. When you get to a very direct <clears throat> basis of experience: is this subtle shimmering and impact and ex- of energy happening? Mm-hmm. Now, <clears throat> if we keep referring to that, uh, even in a fairly coarse way, just sense of you know the body feels quite compressed. So just bring your awareness around your body. So if you just you know, so if your awareness is like an inch above your skin, and inviting your body to open into the space. Okay. Doesn't need that much physically. It's physically almost imperceptible, but energetically it's very perceptible. <laughs> you don't need you know hundred acres. You just need like half a centimetre, maybe, or maybe a centimetre. And you if the body then readjusts itself because it's coming to its, its access, its accessing its energetic field, and opening it. It will open. Stop compressing it, and it opens. It's, that's that's just that's the way it is don't compress it, it's like a spring get, you, get the weight off the spring, the spring naturally extends you don't have to pull it open <laughs> you just remember you just remember that there is a take the pressure off and this pressure uh, is something that becomes involuntary um, and it's uh, sometimes generated by the body but mostly generated from the mind base It's to do with compulsion, obligation, got to, can't, must, so forth. These are fairly intense energies, forms, where the mind bunches up. And as we say, as I'm saying to you, and please check it out, what particular, not so much the thoughts, but tonalities of mind, tonalities of mind, Certainly, some thoughts immediately carry those tonalities, like you have to, right? You have to. Now, those are only three sounds, you have to. But you feel just the the, the tonality of have to, the finality of it, right? The pressure of it. Can you say, oh, I have to go this today? No, it's I have to do this today. (laughs) And immediately you feel the pressure. That's an energetic experience, right? It's three simple words, humble words, not complicated words. But the tonality of it, and you listen to the tonality of it, you can feel. Once you get that, oh, there's, there's the pressure, there's the, there's the compression effect, and that's going to have an effect on your body. Right? Even it's you have to be kind today. Oh God! (laughs) (laughs) Or you have to be enlightened. Oh no! (laughs) That's so far off, (laughs) impossible. (laughs) You have to be more spacious. (laughs) So you you to see the effect of that. Those 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 tones. See, it's just three innocent words but the tonality is so ingrained with this constriction and you feel that comes into your body and you may notice it in particular places probably the face takes a lot, The face and head takes a lot and the chest takes a fair bit abdomen also tightens up you listen to things like you have to, you can't you mustn't, you must never you feel these things are like, like metal plates slamming into you (laughs) how many of those do you say to yourself maybe not exactly those words but those tonalities how many of those tonalities do you apply to yourself often with good intentions I have to get the washing done today I have to get the washing done today I I can understand the idea it's good to do the washing today but the tonality. Pressure, pressure, mm-hmm. and that's going to affect your body. Once, once you, once that affects your body, your, your energetic space contracts and hardens, right? And you start pushing. Get it done. Mm-hmm. Get on with it. Get on with it. Yeah. And you, you, you're, you're then in the then time. How much longer have I got? I've got to get done by this evening. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if I don't press and compress, it won't happen. And this is certainly part of the uh, psychology or the attitude: if you don't press, you won't you won't get anywhere. And That's sort of pretty much we're inducted into that, aren't we? From all of us. You know, really successful people are like built like cannonballs. <laughs> it's a tough world. You know, all through it yeah uh, okay. Hmm. So you have to really... <laughs> What's that going to do to you? Yeah. I mean, for, let's not even talk about enlightenment, which is it's not going to get you there, that's for sure, but even just your psychological well-being. You know, you're frantic, running around, driven, worrying about this. Because you know, a tight mind begins, as, as it tightens up and compacts, it starts to generate those signals, tight, compacted, and it begins to find every possibility to be tight and compacted. It might seek signals. And things, you know, I've got to get the washing done and see, oh, it reminds me, I haven't done that. Oh, that reminds me. I'll be late for that. Oh, it reminds me. I've got to do, you know, suddenly you find yourself remembering all the other things you're compulsive about. <laughs> it attracts it, energy. attracts and it attracts its like. You set up a contracted, compacted, energetic mind state. It draws to it all the thoughts and ideas that will will conform to that state. It's in this is all called becoming. What you put your attention on beckons all the other possibilities that will fit that particular model that footprint right? so you build it up or you don't decide to your mind builds it up for you and your state and your space is gone time is just you know pushing you and uh, what do you think that's going to do to your mind in terms of its ease, or well-being, or joyfulness, or these things, or serenity, or peacefulness. Not a chance, really. Of course, you could add another set of compulsions. I should try to be more joyful when I get, when I'm doing my compulsive duties. be happy as well. That's another compulsion should do ought to ought to be you know ought to be able to deal with this better and so you know, people get like that and what what happens in that compacted state generally there's some, it gets so tight I've got to break out of this so just I don't know like do some running or something you know to just run around the block or something just to burst out and people could do these kinds of things or go dancing or something of course people are also take drink and stuff like that just to somehow break this, this contracted state and you do get temporary relief with it i think one of the one of the phenomena of rage is it's something that temporarily bursts through so you know you get road rage right uh, when people are in a traffic jam, the pressure, I've got to get to work, 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 the idiots in my way, I've got to get to work. Get way, to get to work. <laughs> what could that do you? It's not a rational decision, it's something, the energy is just a busting to get out of this compression. And rage is a vehicle that will take you out, take it out for a moment anyway. Frustration is the trigger, is, is the is the platform for rage because frustration is an extremely compressed contracted state that eventually just get out of my way you know? <laughs> uh, well actually nobody's doing you any harm really you could sit in your car and just feel your fingertips you won't, you're stuck so you might as well just in fact, you're better, because if you don't, you're going to end up pretty rigid, I would imagine. Sweating and intense, miserable mind state. Pressure. Feeling pressurized, you know, you're already in a tight state got lots of things you could say you feel quite pressure on and somebody says oh you know could you do this for me oh get off my back will you <laughs> and you blow up at somebody just adding a a feather of a request on top of you you're already full up somebody lands one feather on top and you blow up at them because that was that was the last straw and they think what is she getting so upset about you know but it wasn't you; it was just the, the compacted state. But in such a, you know, situation, the slightest touch of that, you know, an emotional snap. This is what people do: they just snap, snap at each other. You know, intense, busy, hard day, and then snap. You come home and snap. What's the matter with him? <laughs> you know. Over some small thing, and then people do this to each other, snap at each other we are contracted states um, These are the kind of things that, that occur right? and just remember if if you don't look after yourself, this is the kind of thing that you might find yourself doing, and you'll feel really regretful about it. but you know, in a way, energy does what energy does you can only. You can't you can't just give it orders if <laughs> it doesn't respond to that because that's another set of pressures. Even calm down is another pressure. <laughs> yeah. You like just So be careful about going mental on things because you don't realise what you're handling, even with quite nice ideas. You can have these nuances of you should be you better be, why don't you, you should do this, you shouldn't feel that, you should feel this, and that just adds to the mass, the pressure, sometimes it's best just to leave your mind out of it, (laughs) when it's in that state, because it just can't, it can't talk straight, and it's going to come into your body, well, you know, you can be as miserable as you like, but just keep lengthening your spine. You know, you'd be as grumpy as hell, that's fine, just open your shoulders. Oh, don't feel so grumpy anymore. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, so you're dealing with the energetic basis on which these emotional models sit. And you can, of course, find fault with your emotions. I'm a snappy person, irritable, too sensitive, hypersensitive. That's could be the ki- way you could look at it like that, you could read it like that, it just means your energy is not properly cultivated. Yeah. It's too, you're too taut, you're too tight, you're too high strung. Yeah. That's not a complaint, it's just an observation. I mean, you don't have to be. Yeah. There's no point saying this if there isn't a way out of it. There's no point pointing to this feature if there was no solution to it, but there is. but right, it just requires—it's a bit of training to keep reading what your energy is doing, you know? and um, it takes a little time because fundamentally our idea is the mind is one thing which is immaterial, with thoughts floating around in it, and the body is kind of like a meat bag that you can—you know—you can look after it and tidy it up, and wash it, and comb it. But there it is, and they're two separate things. And you live inside these things somehow, and thoughts occur somewhere, but they always the two separate worlds. <laughs> yeah. And very much encouraged, isn't it? Because even the way we use uh words, so the average person nowadays will see the word as something that occurs in front of their eyes attention zigzags across the page or the screen it's something that occurs from your eyes the rest of the body in the time of the buddha the word was something that arose in your belly through your heart and chest and came out of your throat there's a sound person to a person who's there who's actually there there's an energetic connection i'm talking to you, and you've come to see me. I'm pleased to see you. We're welcome. We've a nice space together, open space with each other. And then the sound comes out. With that sound, the tonality of I'm addressing a fellow sentient being. So there's immediate some kind of you know sensitivity to that. The person's listening with, oh, this person is, you know, conserve my welfare. There's two sensitivities are beginning to resonate. And then across that resonant field the, the, the nuance or the tonality easily moves. Easily moves because the field is open. Yeah, the energetic field is open. Therefore the tonalities move through that very easily. The energetic tonalities or the tones of the energies move that very through that very easily. Yeah. Yeah. And the information is there, but that's sort of Riding on top because the fields are open, the meanings and the impressions go really in a long way because the body's not closed and the mind's not compacted. And you, so it's, yeah. You know, and when you, you know, you look in the Buddhist suttas, Buddha's always talking to people, and you come and listen to him. And clearly, he was someone who you felt, you looked at that and hmm, okay it's like this person's worth listening to, you know. So you open up. He doesn't ever, you know, but he waits till somebody comes in, says, you know, pays respects, so have a little chat, and then, uh, you know, a, a warm space is open between the two two people. Then effortlessly, because it's coming through the voice, the tonalities move across, and the person gets the message. Oh wow! And you see how quickly in many of these these uh, discourses, a person, the penny dropped. They got it pretty immediately. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Oh, (laughs) so. Because it went into the energetic field. So you know you can imagine, even the bodies kind of lit up, and the eyes shone, and the hearts opened. Now, you know, and it was always the case that, as I've said before, anything really sacred or important was spoken. You wouldn't want to write it down. It's a bit disrespectful, really. You know, these are beautiful experiences. How can you possibly capture it in a little squiggle? <laughs> you would have got the perfect system <laughs> for transmission in that age. Right? course, it's, it's always locational. You know, certainly big advantage of the written thing is you can put one of these things down on paper and you can send it to Australia. And they'll pick it up and, oh yeah, it sounds good. And it'll sit on a library shelf for 50 years and somebody will pick it up and look at this, it's great. And that's not knocking it, but it's great. But, you know, something is lost. And so we have to counteract that by Anyone read that and even to read things carefully you read it and you try to speak it in your own mind mm-hmm. listen to the tones and the spaces and the pauses mm-hmm. resonances we are a disadvantage some disadvantage here because as soon as you translate from one language to another <laughs> you, you 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 know the nuances go shift and we're often dealing with impeccable English translations but they're a bit academic because they're done by people who are of an academic nature and so it goes right up to here (laughs) you know it's language it goes up to the top of your head I think the Buddha spoke from the heart and maybe even the belly you know you look at some of the images that are used they're pretty visceral and they're powerful imaginative images. This is not an academic exercise. Yeah. If you ever look at these scriptures, they're powerful, very powerful images. Stirring. When you get it, you know, ah. What's happening, you know? Because image still carries the nuance, whereas An image is conveyed in words, but what we are really getting is an image, you know. One of them is this, this this, um, this comes to mind fairly uh, uh, innocuous image, is the manu which is the mental volition, the mental push. And he said, just imagine two strong men have got hold of a weak man, and they're dragging him towards a charcoal pit. Blazing charcoal pit, about to throw him in. <laughs> this is called this is called mental volition. <laughs> and, you know, this is that drive of your mind, pushing forward, right? That kind of gotta get there. Just imagine your mind is now dragging some helpless little creature towards the edge of a blazing pit and throwing him in. <laughs> and you get it. Yeah, my mind does do that, doesn't it? Yeah, it does just drive and rush away and who's it dragging into the fire? my heart (laughs) compulsive, the compulsive behaviours some are called socially acceptable and some aren't for that driven sense and the way that driven sense is validated is get ahead, get fast, get powerful and all that kind of the cannonball mind very intense and so are you know, looking back into just basically you know, put the mind to one side that volitional push whatever the word says just get back into how is this affecting your body get your body straight you know, we've got to return to it because by and large, you know, our society's left it we've left the body as a visual object, you know that other people see, and make comments on, or like or don't like Well, where's that going, you know (laughs) and the mind is this kind of intensely configuring confabulating system with all kinds of doodads and jewels and Plans and ideas and stuff going on two a separate. Well, that that what that why that separation has occurred is because the mental energy has got so compacted, it's basically ripped away from the body. You know, to a the body is left energetically pretty inert. I mean, you can move it around for sure. The muscle energy is there. You can run with it. But in terms of bright, open vitality. You know, while well that, that gets left behind. Yeah. And the mind has taken all that energy into itself and made itself into a uh, like a intense ball. And this rip occurs, uh, you know, rip and a gradual pulling away. With various, you've got to do this, you better think that, you know, driving it on with the idea that will make us successful. Well, ok so you know in, in training practice we're just beginning to try to bring these two areas together you know the body and the mind together uh, it's not forceful because the agency of force is an agency that pull, keeps things apart right? the energy of force is a contracted tight energy Right? You know, that, that, that itself is that is the problem. So you know, I really got to get to my really got to get to my body. I really want to try and make my mind sit down, in my body Just get there and meditate. Get in that breath. Bam, bam, bam. You know the mind. You're doing you doing the wrong thing. You know, good. I you know fair enough. Wish, but that's not the way to do it. Now, my experience, my personally, my offering. Uh, to you, and I don't think you'll find this is contradicts what you're going to see in the scriptures. Is if you soften your body, feel safe, safe, comfortable. You know, since, you know, under a tree, as if you're under a tree, canopy, shade, cool, plenty of space, earth beneath you. Nobody's bothering me, you know, no pressure, no hurry. Get that psychological space, that's, that's your first sign of undoing the cannonball. Of softening the cannonball. Nowhere to go in the future, you know? Nothing to get hold of. Just be here. And then start to feel that's going to be, it doesn't take that much. Once you get the right signal, the body's not stupid. And once it begins to sense, you know, hey, there's some possibility, it will start, the energy will start to open by itself ok, now what's the space around me? can I feel the space with my vertically, widthways? ways? if you do that, you're always going to find as that process, there's fruit you definitely feel your physical body but you have this an experience of feeling your physical body within a space <coughs> now, how do you feel space? you feel the absence of pressure essentially so your physical body feels the absence of pressure around it and you can detect that and because the absence of pressure the tissues of the body start okay. to open and loosen. We find our breath just gets that little bit deeper because some of the muscles of the body have softened and relaxed. breath gets deeper, a little bit deeper the tissues of the body begin to open The mind, it's listening. Oh, that's what's there. Oh, this is is where the relax thing happens, isn't it? Remember that word? (laughs) Oh. Body knows how to relax. Mind doesn't know how to relax. It knows how to drive. It doesn't know how to relax. So your body has to lead it. And if you do lead it and just stay with that, and put aside the ideas of what you've got to achieve, what you've become, you know, how long you've got to do this for, what particular state this is, whether this is, you know, whatever it is in the workbooks just do it. As a direct experience, you can know it yourself. And find out what as you get that signal running through your body is any part of your body holding out against it because the most difficult tissues to to relax are the mental ones psychological ones and some of these are not necessarily thoughts they're kind of embedded attitudes barely verbal barely verbal that's just the sense of I don't quite feel I can I've got to make sure this works, after all. some sort of resistance to releasing. Don't feel safe enough to really relax, because I've got to be on guard. And these are not verbal, these are kind of embedded attitudes that we can have. I've got to make sure these things work, control. I don't feel really safe enough to do it right now. Your face often carries that, because this is really GHQ for control is up in the head isn't it this is where the boss lives <laughs> okay. and the eyes particularly the eyes say okay well just go around the eyes eye sockets look into the, look into infinity just feel your eyeballs as physical structures and with your mind, you're going trace around the eye. So how hard do you have to hold that eye? Because this is really where a lot of control is locked into that. That's where we—that's where our attention is. And you're starting to release it around the eyeball, and even in within the eye, in the way that the pupil expands. It's just like looking at infinity and feeling slightly stupid. Hmm. Yeah. So that's a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> you know, cow gazing at the moon, slightly stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You see how stupid you can get. See, so you your thoughts go, I think I should be. Doing something, you know, <laughs> but I can't remember. Thought <laughs> <I heard> <laughs> <laughs> you know, engine, don't slows down. Thoughts, so particularly associated with rapid eye movement or contracted eyes. So if those go open it's spacious. and spacious, and then you extend that to the temples and the forehead, so this whole band around here you loosen it, which you can do, you know, with the spreading your tension across, you know, these areas, like you're massaging it and down and around, you know, so you're really trying to get those sense of the lateral into, into this band and as these release, the temples and the forehead and the eyes release you find it's quite difficult to get a compulsive thought going. It's surprising because you may have found that your compulsive thoughts have no problem with getting going. They're running all the time. You do that... Something's going wrong. Must be something wrong, I'm not compulsive. (laughs) (laughs) Must be losing my marbles. Because you would have this psychological pack where you're so used to being compulsive like it feels weird to be uncompulsive. So you think something's going on, you must be forgetting something. And you know, I just, just remember you've got a body there underneath you. That's what you need to know. <laughs> Connect through your throat and also if you open your throat box because clearly a lot of that activation when you chat and Oh, this this area tends to tighten up relaxing that to a sigh uh, it gets really difficult to get compulsive it's like trying to run through glue compulsive thought i got to yeah. hmm. of course the compulsive energy is so habitual that well I've done that for twenty seconds, better gone with something important. <laughs> Get twitches running through the system. So it's important just to keep widening that. Expect, expect some chaos to come washing through, because this is quite disorienting. You might feel yourself suddenly sleepy. Wow. Because you know, you've been held together by stress. And once you release the stress you start to fall apart. <laughs> And if you go sleepy, dull, dizzy. It's okay. Lower spine. Oh, open your eyes. Take a long breath. You know. Don't you know, so we get into these states where we're not so comfortable in, not clear, not sharp, but slightly sleepy, a bit dull, fit feel a bit stupid. Yeah, that that's at the early stages. but if you persist with that and staying open and clear what happens is the fog begins to lift and you feel virtually effortlessly bright quiet who's this you know? the fog because the energetic system when it starts and you don't forget it and you don't lose it and you don't react you don't shut it down again, when it starts to open it just keeps opening why not? why should it not open? because that would be a a normal state (laughs) it's just returning to its normal state you you had something corked up in a bottle and you've taken the cork of course it opens up you don't have to rip it open And then, in that, then you're coming into something we call the normal, even though it's not normal, it's a natural state. And then, uh, you know, you can almost turn back to some of those preoccupations and concerns. How weird is that? Yeah, well, you know, it'd be nice to get that done, but, you know, see how we go with that. Mm. Yeah, it's possible for Saturday the weekend, but we'll have to see on that one. Do the best I can. Uh, suddenly, yeah, it reminds me. I haven't really looked at the clouds for a while. Oh yeah, that's what, suddenly you get these little intuitive reminders of. <laughs> <laughs> Let's look at the cloud They're Amazing clouds, aren't they? Right, where was I? <laughs> 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 this is it just like signs that something? The sense of wonder arises. I think the sense of wonder, the ability to be open and, and, and wondering, and this is so nourishing, so nourishing. To just experience things through that and be charmed by life, be charmed by it, rather than driven by it. This resets our uh, energies. It resets our sense of time. You know, as I say, you know, you try to operate in terms of body time. Clearly, there are these virtual realities that you know we have to conform to to a degree. But you're really careful about that. Look at those things with some very careful scrutiny. The more you build in. The less possibilities there are, you're really putting, making it more difficult, the more you build in. And what you need, what all of us need to build, build in, is just that time of space. You know, you don't have to call it meditation or just space. Space, you know, quiet space, five minutes even. Feel your palms, your hands open. Feel the warmth of your skin. Feel the energy trickling through, running around in your body. in your mind, kind of, thoughts popping up slowly, lazily, moving through. And maybe a rather interesting idea comes up that you were too tight to really allow before. As intuitive understandings arise. Gratitude. Uh, compassion arise because that's the natural state of heart we have this room for it to express itself and then this compassion is not even directed at any particular person it's just that's the nature it's just that's the compassion body or the kindness body or the goodwill body begins body heart body starts to arise and then oh oh her or oh, oh me, that was tough. That was a bit tough. I really got to you know. So it decides where to go. Once you've established that 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 the, the proper heart body, it decides what what's where it's going to go. So as it says, around everywhere to others as myself. Mm-hmm. So, but then it's really holistic. First of all, the energy opens up, the heart opens up, and there's that tenderness and sensitivity and concern, and then it, you'll see what comes in. It may be something in the past, because as far as the chitta goes, there's no past. There's just that which is arising now, and it could be unresolved results of events that occurred in the past. The results of those which are printed on the chitta start, on the energy field of the chitta start coming up. And you feel, know, oh yeah, very compassion for or forgiveness or gratitude or apologizing or, you know, if you like that term, repentance. A bit intense, but oh yeah, that was very. Yeah. That's what's needed. You know that's what's needed. In in our ritual, in our ceremonies, our ritual practices, we uh, in the monasteries, most every evening we have a, a puja, which says for body, speech, or mind, or body, thinking, and heart, whatever unskillful deeds or actions or inclinations even I follow today Uh, may my request for forgiveness be accepted Hmm? to the Buddha, Dhamma, Sangha I bow do you know what do you doing that for? yeah, this piece of wood isn't going to do anything for you no, 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 no no. (laughs) of course not, but somewhere in that energetic field there's a quality of of clarity and openness, that your careless action ignored. You may not have noticed it, but you squashed a scruple. You pushed something aside. There, somewhere in that, and that that's still there. Somewhere in that field is a place where we were not really in accordance with truth. We were living in accordance with convenience. Well, well. and something was squashed there. Yeah. We were not aware of our effects on on other people. We were just this is what I want, what I idea, what I think it should be. I hadn't really been aware of how I affect others. My request for forgiveness be accepted, so I can continue to train myself better in future. This is the thing we we do in a ritual sense. And of course, it's like anything else, ritual. You just mumble the words. It doesn't mean anything. But, uh, you know, my feeling is, why say the words if it doesn't mean anything? You know, all words, if they're felt in the heart, mean something. If they're written on paper, they don't mean anything particularly. <laughs> but when they're in the heart, they always mean something. So that gesture in the heart always means something. And then you just do that. And, you yeah, that was not so good what went wrong some point or another generally there was a grasping a contraction i held on i pushed through i cannonballed i went straight line because it was quicker and i avoided you know something more fluid or you know embodied so there's a contraction this is grasping it's not something that we do exactly it's something that the mind does and it creates us yeah you know, that because it gives a certain definite intensity that we identify with this is me you know the contracted model is me busy doing this going from this that to the other important person or not important person in my blueprint it forms us yeah. And generally, plants us on the sensory plane and also in the time sphere, time plane. What will be, will be, the cannibal is always will be, about to be, should be, could be, might be, but going to be. And when, the, when that cannibal dissolves, no would be, should be, might be, it's all just now. And feeling where. Where the heart, what the heart follows, by itself, it's often a slightly curvy way, because life is curvy, flowing. Mm. So these are just immediate experiences that I hope you have a touch of accessibility for you embodied because we all have these forms we probably recognize to our dismay how little we've really made use of it and how uncomfortable it can be and how much we need something to anchor on our runaway minds and you know rather uh, errant emotions something to give us some grounding gravity and firmness but this is really actually even more profound than that because when we begin to try to translate what I'm talking about in terms of these causal field the causal field is, the, is the, it's the basis and the causal field extends in terms of time I was, I am, I will be and wherever we are now we can say I am, I was, I will be tomorrow we'll be able to say I am I was I will be (laughs) that goes on so actually you don't really move (laughs) you know the the names and the the destinations change but the same same position occurs right I am I was I will be or I might be or I could be or I should be when we get some drive in it it's I'm gonna be I need to be I have to be then you get the drive this is all occurring on the causal field now although it looks like that extends forward in the future Actually, what it does is it intensifies in the present. Right? So this is when we say when we're in a hurry, things get very intense. What's happened is the, the causal field has become extremely intense and agitated. Right? And this is where we start to get emotionally a little bit unbalanced, forceful or frantic. What's happened? There's no such thing as the future. What's happening, time is a reference to your nervous system, to your energetic system, it intensifies, I've got to, I have, I should, or I can't, you know, intensifies. That's the cause, and that, from that basis, that's caused, and it's caused by particular nuances, attitudes, and tonalities, which we infer, or even keep injecting into ourselves, Mm? because it becomes habitual it becomes a reference point then it generates a particular intensity in that field that then becomes the basis for irritation, frustration, forcefulness recklessness, carelessness, insensitivity compulsiveness, addictiveness damage because yeah. that's why it's causative. it causes it acts as the springboard for losing one's temper for people talking to people abruptly for pushing through things for ignoring others, yeah and for in fact you know unconsciously directing abuse into your own body. That's when the causal field it's causing things. It's not you that causes it. The causal field causes it. <laughs> It's just mechanics. If you if you turn up the voltage and tighten it up, that's what it's going to do. And it also generates the world of space. I want to get to there. I want to get there. I want to get there. But you recognize wherever you are, there's a forward, a backward, and you don't actually move. Because wherever you are, there's in front of you and behind you and beneath you and above you. Right? The references remain exactly the same. There's no movement. <laughs> what happens is it intensifies, right? with maybe oh, I'd be great over there. I'm oh, really going to get there tomorrow. So it, the whole thing intensifies, and then we get the recklessness. The oh, I forgot to pack that. Oh no, I wanted to do that. Before. And, oh, do I, I remember that? And, you know that all that habit arises from that intense causal field. It causes. It causes erratic mental states. It causes emotional problems. It causes dislocation from the body. Yeah. And I only tell you this because it doesn't have to. I wouldn't tell you this if there was no way out of it. But there is. Yeah. And it's really going into this energetic system. Extending it. You don't even have to like it. Doesn't need to be that pleasant. We just extend, open, slow it down. Your mind may struggle with that. You may feel emotionally strange with that. You may even feel, you know, physiologically a bit disturbed or dizzy. Bear with it. Bear with it. Give it ten minutes or so. Five minutes. Okay, one minute. <laughs> See if it change, Anything changes, and you find these, these disturbances kind of wobble. You come to, me. oh wow, well, that's different. I think I'll do another minute of this. Maybe another minute, and you do five or ten minutes. Oh wow, well, I've just changed my life. <laughs> because you're actually operating on the very mainsprings of what your life is built upon and you're adjusting it now once, you know, even to refer to this medium, let's say the causal field, the energetic field and, and then realize this is not self, you know this is not a person it's not a personal identity your identity arises from particular patterns in that causal field. It's just that, you know, your person has been shaped and molded by particular pressures and allowances and spaces and ab- even absences in the causal field, where you felt totally insecure. So you got compulsive to hold on you know, because the security wasn't there, so you got grabbed. Everybody would do that. And that creates particular psychological behaviors like grasping, searching for security, holding on to stuff, you know, to try to fill up that absence in the causal field. But of course it doesn't. <laughs> you know, one can totally understand it, but it doesn't work. You come to this place where you feel really shaky and uncertain. And, am I okay with him? Or what does he feel about me? And am I doing the right thing? You translate all those messages, what are they saying? Insecure, insecure insecure, I need, I need assurance, insecure, insecure okay, that's not a personal problem, you make it one everybody can have this don't start thinking about it don't start adding reasons why you're insecure just deal with the very energy of that come down into your body, stabilise stand on your feet lengthen your spine, open strengthen, and just stay there yeah. Your personality, for a long time, your personality will wish to get back to your contracted model because that's what it knows. It's almost like it's a, yeah, you know, like memory foam. You know, the dent is there. Your personality wants to go back into that dent because that's <laughs> it's been there for 25, 40 years, so it feels comfortable in that dent. So, you know, but then, how good is that? So even when the personality feels strange, just give it time to adjust, and you'll find that you'll certainly still have a personality, that's inevitable, but it'll be strangely a little bit softer there, a little bit more humorous there, less worried there, less, less burdened there, because it's now occupying a more benevolent causal field, and what arises is more benevolent. And that means who you're with is going to be changed. How people relate you is going to change. Your lifestyle is going to change. And all you really did was work on the firm centre, openness. Take your time. Possibility, when we begin to witness all this sense of compassion, uh, purpose, mm, blessing, that we can do this at all, we have the possibility for our liberation from this, this is just, mm. and uh, we have a teacher, and we have a way, it's up to us to find the occasion, when it's not enough time, extend your space, Not enough space, take your time, no space, no time, breathe out, (laughs) let your in breath happen by itself, give it a few of those and see how that affects everything. So let's um, take a break now, direct practice, personal practice.